This programme was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Austin here again. Today we're going to be reading chapter 35 of David Williams's Bad Dad. Chapter 35. Champagne, perfume and hairspray. Mum looked very different to how Frank had remembered her. Now she was all hair and makeup and nails. Her skin was good shade darker and she was dripping in gold jewellery. She looked like a gangster's mole, which was exactly what she had become. Oh, haven't you grown, slurred the woman, holding a glass of champagne with a lipstick smudge around the rim. Seeing her after all this time seemed unreal to the boy. Even Frank managed to... Uh, hello, Mum. Mr. Big beamed. He seemed to be enjoying all this. Aren't you going to give your mummy a kiss? The boy shook his head. Come on, Frankie, she said as she stumbled into the room. The woman tottered on her two high heels, like a foal taking its first steps. Eventually she was nose to nose with her son. The boy had close his mouth and try not to breathe which was such such was the stench of champagne hairspray and perfume now give me a kiss she demanded i don't want to said the boy you rude little toe rag she snarled fingers and thumbs looked on smirking at the scene the two black cats purred dad leaped in Leave my son alone. The woman turned her head slowly towards him. When her eyes met his, his, she said, Gilbert, you are forgetting something. Frank is my son and all. The boy felt caught in the middle, somewhere deep inside of him. He still loved his mother, even though she'd led him down so badly over the years. Please don't do this, pleaded Dad. Not now. The boy wrapped his arms around his father's chest and held on tight. The woman's face glowed with anger. I am going to bed, she huffed. No, 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 ordered Mr. Big. Stay here, my love. I want you to see what these nice gentlemen have brought me. Chang nodded to fingers and thumbs. The pair snapped into action and emptied the brown suitcase full of money on the desk. There were bundles and bundles of 50-pound notes. Each bundle looked like a 100 notes. And there were at least a 100 bundles. So that was 50 times 100 times 100. Maths wasn't Frank's strong subject. All he knew was that a lot of noughts. Look at a woman, said Mr. Big. Mum's eyes lit up. Oh, Biggie, it's beautiful. 
The little crime boss scooped up huge bundles of cash and handed them to her. There you go, babes. Buy yourself something nice for your birthday. You're the best, Biggie, squealed Mum as she threw her arms around Mr. Big and gave him a long slobbering kiss. Frank and Dad looked away and even fingers and thumbs and Chang stared at the ceiling. Don't be long, she purred as she poured the last of his champagne down her throat and wobbled on her high heels. The woman plucked a bundle of notes from one of her wads and stuffed it in the top pocket of her boy's pyjamas. Here's some pocket money. I don't want your money, replied Frank and he took the notes out and stuffed them back in the hand. What do you want then, stirred the woman. I don't want anything from you, said Frank. I don't ever want to see you again. The woman's face darkened. It was as if she'd transformed into a serpent. Mum raised her hand as if she was going to slap her son across the face. That's all I have time for today. Bye, guys. See you next time. like trains. There was a little boy once who liked trains. As a matter of fact, he more than just liked them. He loved trains. His name was Sparky, and he lived right near the railroad depot on Station Street, and he was always talking about the trains that went by. He lived so close to them that he could stand in front of his house and wave to the engineer and then count the cars as they passed. Sparky liked the passenger trains because they went so fast. And he longed someday to ride on one. You see, he never had. Sparky liked freight trains, too, because they were so long and had so many different kinds of cars on them. Sparky even learned the names of the different cars and used to call them out as he watched a freight train go by. Like this. Tox car? Tank car? Gondola? Gondola? Fox car? Refrigerator car? Sparky gradually learned a lot about trains from his father, who had a big job with the railroad. And he liked to talk about the things he knew with the other kids in the neighborhood. Do you know what the big wheels on the engine are for? Sure, anybody knows that. That's what the engine rides on. Yeah, who doesn't know that? Well, the engine rides on them, all right. But the big wheels are the ones that have the power. They make the train go. They're called drivers. Well, if you're so smart, what are those little wheels in the front for? They're the pony trucks. They guide the train on the tracks and make it go around turns. Well, what if they do? I'd rather play baseball and talk about trains. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Come on, Sparky, let's get up a game. Well, uh, I'd rather stay here. The express is coming through in a couple of minutes, and I wouldn't want to miss it. <laughs> 
Yes, Sparky would rather watch the Express go by than play ball, shoot marbles, or almost anything. And it was a lucky thing that he did stay to watch the Express that day, because for the first time, a very strange and unusual thing happened. You see, here's what happened. The Express train came on time as usual. And as usual, Sparky stood in front of his house and called out the cars as they went by. Of course, passenger cars this time. Engine, coal car, baggage, mail car, coach, coach, diner, woman, woman, observation car. Goodbye! Goodbye, Sparky. The train! I mean, the whistle! It talked to me! said goodbye, Sparky. I heard it just as plain. Mother, Mother, the train talked to me. It said goodbye. I heard it. The whistle blew and it talked. It talked to me. Mother, did you hear it? For goodness sake, what's all the excitement? I'm in the kitchen, dear. Mother, the, the train, it talked. It talked to me. Now, really, what in the world do you mean the train talked to you? It did. It answered me when I said goodbye. It was in the whistle. It, it, Mother, don't you believe me? Don't you believe the train talked? Well, now, now look, darling. Trains just don't talk. They're not human. They're just machines, dear. You see, it was your imagination. You just thought you heard the train answer you. It was not my imagination. I heard it. I heard it plain as anything. Now, that's enough of that. We'll talk to your daddy about it when he gets home. Maybe he can make you understand. Now, run upstairs and wash. Daddy will be home soon, and we're having an early dinner. But, Mother, the I cra- said we'd talk about it when your daddy gets home. Now, do as I say. Yes, Mother. And poor Sparky went upstairs to get ready for dinner, as his mother had told him to do. But he just couldn't wait for his father to get home, because he was sure he would understand. After all, his father worked for the railroad, and if trains could talk, then his father must certainly have heard them. He could hardly wait, and when he finally heard his father coming up the walk, he ran down to meet him. Daddy, can't trains talk? Can't they, Daddy? Talk, Sparky? (laughs) Well, they make enough noise, but I'd hardly say they can talk. But, Daddy, I heard it. I heard it just as plain. Oh, now, Sparky, I think your imagination is running away with you. You're thinking too much about trains. But, Daddy... Oh, now, don't be silly, Sparky. Come on, supper's ready, and we don't want it to get cold. Yes, Daddy. Poor Sparky. It seems nobody would believe him, not even his friends at school, when he told them about it the next day. But the train did talk to me. I heard it, it did. Oh, boy, that's a funny one. Trains talking. Who ever heard of a train talking? You're crazy, Sparky. You're train crazy. You've been watching those trains so much, you think they talk to you. All right, if you don't believe me, come on over to the depot and hear for yourself. The local is coming in. Maybe it will talk, too. Come on, if you're so smart. So Sparky and his friends went down to watch the local come in. The local stopped at the station right by Sparky's house. (laughs) 
hear it? I don't hear nothing. Me neither. The other kids couldn't hear the train talking. Perhaps it was because they didn't like trains as much as Sparky did. Perhaps the trains didn't want anyone else to hear them. Everyone in school talked about it and laughed at Sparky until he could hardly stand it. The older kids teased him and the younger kids pointed at him and giggled. So Sparky didn't play with them much anymore. In fact, he was a pretty sad and lonely boy. And he stopped telling anyone about the talking trains. Even his parents. Sparky stayed pretty much by himself after that and said no more about trades. Even his mother and father noticed how quiet he was, and they began to worry about him. I'm worried about Sparky. He's so quiet and he seems so unhappy. I know. I've noticed it, too. Isn't there something we can do? Nothing seems to interest him. I know. He's always wanted to take a train ride. Why don't I take him into town tomorrow on the early train? That's a good idea. That'll certainly make him happy. Maybe if he rides on a train, he'll forget those silly ideas of his about trains talking. Sparky? Yes, Mother? Come in here a minute, dear. Yes? Sparky, how would you like to ride to town with me tomorrow on the train? To town? On the train? Oh, yes, Daddy. Will you take me? Will you really? <laughs> ah, that put a little life into Sparky. A ride on the train. He could hardly wait until the next morning. But the time finally came, and Sparky and his dad climbed into the first car where Sparky wanted to ride. It wasn't long until they were speeding along. Sparky was just about as happy as a boy could be. Daddy, how fast are we going? Oh, about 50 miles an hour, I guess. How far is it to town from here? Well, I don't know for sure, Sparky. About 30 miles, probably. That's 21 miles, that's 21 miles, that's 21 miles to go. It's 21 miles, Daddy. Well, how would you know, Sparky? Here comes the conductor, I'll ask him. How far are we from town, conductor? Well, we just passed Fair Oaks. Uh, it's exactly 21 miles. <laughs> oh, that's odd. How could you know so exactly, Sparky? Well, uh, the train, I... Well, I just know. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's odd. Odd indeed. Yes, yeah, Sparky's father didn't understand it. You see, he didn't know that the train had told Sparky how far it was. And Sparky didn't bother to tell him 
because he knew it would just make him angry again. So on they rode to town. But a strange and exciting thing was to happen before they ever got there. Sparky and his father sat in the train as it rolled along without talking for a while. All of a sudden, the clicking wheels of the train began calling Sparky. Help me, Sparky. Help me, Sparky. Help me, Sparky. Help me, Sparky. What's the matter? Nothing's the matter. What do you mean, Sparky? Oh, excuse me. Nothing, Daddy. Stop wheel is loose, stop wheel is loose, stop wheel is loose, stop wheel is loose. Wheel is loose? Which one? Sparky, who in the world are you talking to? Right front wheel, right front wheel, right front wheel. Daddy, Daddy, the right front wheel is loose on his car. Stop the train, tell the conductor. Daddy, please. Sparky, stop that shouting. What are you talking about? How do you know a wheel is loose? I know. The train had told Well, I just know. Please, Daddy, tell the conductor to stop the train. Sparky, be quiet. Everyone is looking at you. Now, don't tell me the train's been talking to you again and told you it has a loose wheel. Yes, Daddy, it did. It told me. We have a loose wheel, and that will be a terrible wreck if the train doesn't stop. Sparky, I've just had enough of this nonsense. Now, you sit down and be quiet. There's nothing wrong with this train, and we're going to be in town in ten minutes. But, Daddy, but, Daddy, you've got to listen to me. If you won't do something, I will. I'll pull a cord up there, the emergency cord. That will put on the brakes and stop the train. Sparky, get down off that seat. Don't pull that cord. Stop. Sparky, stop. What's the matter? Who pulled the emergency cord? Who stopped the train? I did, sir. You did? Yes, Conductor. I'm afraid my son did, and I'm terribly sorry. Now, if you just start the train, I'll see that he's punished when we get home. Conductor, there's a loose wheel on this train, on the right front. And if you start this train again, there will be a terrible accident. Sparky, I told you Please, Mr. Conductor, please go out and look at the wheel. What's the matter with this boy, anyway? Well, uh... He thinks the train was talking to him. It's just his imagination. Now, please start the train, and uh, I'll keep him quiet. Wait. I'll make you believe me. I can prove that the train talked to me. Daddy, remember I told you when we were 21 miles from town? Yes, but... Uh... How did I know that? Well, I don't know. I... Uh... The train told me. That's how I knew. That ought to show you the train talked to me. And the train told me it has a loose wheel. Daddy, please just take a look and see. Well, you did say 21 miles when that's just what it was. Maybe we should take a look at that. Now, you're not going to start that talk, too. I'm going to signal the engineer to go on. I've had enough of this monkey business. Now, wait, conductor. Here's my card. I'm the Eastern Division Manager of this railroad. And I demand that you inspect the right front wheels on this car. Well, well, I guess I have to. And all three of them went out to look at the wheel that Sparky had said was loose. And sure enough, when they examined it carefully, it was so loose that in another few miles it would have come off. And there would certainly have been a terrible wreck. The conductor, Sparky's father, and even all the people on the train were amazed. 
Well, what do you know? See, the boy was right. Why, the wheel really is loose, and just the one the little boy said. Well, what do you know about that? The wheel was fixed, and the train went on to town. But by the next day, everybody for miles around had heard about Sparky and how he had saved so many lives. His picture was in all the newspapers, and he was quite a hero. The kids back home no longer laughed at him. In fact, they all wanted to be his friend because he was so famous. The president of the railroad even gave him a medal. It was at a special ceremony at the municipal building. Sparky, it gives me great pleasure to present you with this medal in appreciation for your service to this railroad. Uh, is there anything you would like that we can give you? Anything? Anything at all. Can I ride in the engine of the express? Can I? <laughs> well, Sparky, if that's what you want, you certainly can. It'll be an honor. And Sparky did. He rode in the engine right up with the engineer and came speeding through town at 80 miles an hour. And he blew the whistle, too. Of course, all the kids in town were there watching when he went past, and he waved to them, and they waved back, wishing that they could ride there, too. He went by so very, very fast. And that's the story of Sparky and the trains. He still rides up in the engine occasionally. And if you watch for him, you might see him almost any time. And I'll tell you something else. If you get to like trains as well as Sparky did, and if you listen carefully enough, maybe you'll hear them talk too. Until he cracked his jaw! 
meet him when walking round the town. Just shake him by his fat old head and give him half a crown. His eyes will beam and sparkle, he'll gurgle with delight. And then you'll start him laughing with all his blessed might. <laughs> This programme was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.